Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. It's 919 in the Vanilla Dome, and you're listening to Night Call. Hello, and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your weird days and weird to me in Los Angeles is Tess Lynch. Emily has gone on a mission to Mars to excavate craters and look for alien life. She'll be back soon, but good luck, Emily, on your mission. Stay safe in space. We are here, as always, to take your night calls and your night emails and your night questions. Give us a call at 24046-NIGHT or check out our email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. Hi, guys. We're in a silly mood today. We are in a super silly mood. It's just me and Tess in the weird garage, looking at each other in the face. Super close. <laughs> Speaking of intense close-ups, we're going to talk about my new favorite Instagram account, Celeb Face. Uh, we're also going to talk about Felicity, the TV show Felicity, the Shadow Man. And we're going to solve the mystery of the ice cream truck ghost. But first, I wanted to... Tell everybody about a little podcast I guessed it on uh, called The Shining 237. That is really awesome. It is my friend Susan's podcast. Each episode is about The Shining in two minute and 37 second segments of The Shining are analyzed. Well, the reason being for people who aren't familiar with The Shining fandom is that room 237 was the, the bad room. Yeah, it's the scary room. The scary room. 
Um, but also it's part of a trend of in podcasting that I didn't know about, which is that there are a lot of podcasts that do movies where each episode takes a minute of a movie at a time. So this is also a riff on that, where it's uh, it's just The Shining, but it uses The Shining as a jumping off point to talk about kind of all sorts of things. And so on the episode that I did, which you can find at theshining237.com, that's The Shining, the number two, the number three, the number seven. Dot com. We did an episode that was a lot about Shelley Duvall, because that was what was in the clip that I watched was a, a scene between uh, Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson, where they are having an argument. This is one of the ones that just also just feels like listening to like someone's parents argue, where it's just very stressful, and then they cut to Danny, and Danny's like, you know, bleeding out the face, and like, shaking, and thinking about the blood elevator, and they're playing a lot of good Wendy Carlos music, and it's very intense. Um, but yeah, we also just talked about Shelley Duvall a lot and how much we love Shelley Duvall and just all of her great work in Altman movies and uh, on Fairy Tale Theater, which was a weird anthology show that she produced um, that was a children's TV show that totally I watched some of, and it went took me to the weirdest part of my brain. When was that on? It was 80s, and it was like everybody cool. It was in these, oh, you got to watch it. It's like these weird fairy tale adaptations. The first one is The Frog Prince, and it stars like Terry Garr, Robin Williams, Van Dyke Parks. Damn, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they all seem really fun to have made, but they're also super weird. Um, but they were actually the first original show that was ever on HBO, or one of them. They were one of the first uh, original cable shows. Oh, wow. Yes, I was saying, like, Shelley Duvall, perhaps an underrated pioneer. Definitely an underrated pioneer. Yeah. and That wasn't the Christopher Walken Puss in Boots, was it? Or was that a standalone? I believe that is part of it, yes. Oh, then I've seen that, like, four times, (laughs) because that is a masterpiece. Like, that's, it it, it holds up. It's better now than it ever was. That's what I was saying. I was saying they're weird, and they don't, like, condescend to children. They're just, like, this, they really make an impression on you as a kid, and then I was watching them again, and I was, like, still weird. (laughs) Still got it. Still got that weird, the shining energy of just taking you to, like, the innermost corners of your mind. Where you're like, ooh, it's some spider webs in these corners because they are weird. <laughs> hey, night call listeners. Have you ever tried a kind bar? You might have seen them in your local grocery store, coffee shop, or gym. They make delicious, healthy snacks using whole ingredients. Well, if you're ready to try some tasty and healthy snacks, we have got a special deal for you. Try 20 kind snacks from seven of their unique product lines with their new snack pack. Enjoy 50% off and free shipping on your first snack pack when you subscribe to it through Snack Club, Kind's monthly snack subscription service. Go to kindsnacks.com forward slash call for more details. The snack pack has the perfect mix of kind favorites for all your daily snacking needs. Like to start your day with whole grains? Try the oats and honey with toasted coconut granola clusters. Need to snack healthy while on the go? Enjoy a kind dark chocolate nuts and sea salt bar. That's my favorite. Looking for plant-based protein? Take a bite of the crunchy peanut butter protein bar. Plus, all of Kind's snacks are crafted with delicious, wholesome ingredients like nuts, fruits, and whole grains to keep your body and your taste buds happy. Visit kindsnacks.com slash call to learn more and subscribe to the snack pack. That's kindsnacks.com slash C-A-L-L. And we thank them for sponsoring today's episode. Speaking.
speaking of spiders. Oh, yeah. So a long, long time ago, um, we were discussing the bees. No, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! When we were first coming up with ideas for what to talk about on this podcast, and we were brainstorming, for some reason, Tess was like, I've got an idea. (laughs) For a segment, it's called The Bees Are Back in Town. (laughs) So this was... Almost an entire year ago. Almost a year ago, we started getting getting the gang back together. Yep. Uh, so if you're not familiar with where the bees were before they came back to town, let me just tell you that for a while, the bees were suffering from a mysterious disease, and the honeybees were disappearing, and I guess it was called colony collapse. And uh, I love bees. I'm a I'm a bug friend, a friend of all bugs. And uh, yeah, this is gonna this is a reoccurring segment. I know we've talked about bugs before, and we um, will, and we will again forever. Um, so this is insect corner, aka the bug bag, bug bag. <laughs> but I got very interested in what was happening to the bees because there was a colony. I guess they just follow the queen. If the queen gets like confused and goes to a bad place, like a bad neighborhood or whatever, everyone's just following her anyway. So. There were a bunch of bees that followed a queen to the pavement outside of uh, my kid's preschool, and they were just, like, on the ground like a swarm of bees, and everybody was pretty divided as to what the approach should be to deal with the bees, but eventually um, a bee-saving company was called, and they relocated. It it was a pretty crazy scene. Like, it was a, a ton of bees. But then I was Googling... The bees, and bees are obviously very important, and if you've seen Bee Movie, you might also understand. Wait, have you seen Bee Movie? I've seen Bee Movie like 50 times. <laughs> what? <laughs> have you never seen Bee Movie? No, but I've made a lot of jokes about it. Okay, so Bee Movie, you know, a lot of times when people get really into um, being fans of a movie that's like, on its face, maybe you might call it a bad movie, I think that the obsession with it is a little overrated not the case with b-movie not the case at all it, there's just so many weird weird choices and decisions that were made in the making of that movie there's the quote at the beginning about how bees are like too fat to fly and it's like goes against nature that i some people can quote this quote but i cannot is this a movie your kids like or do you like b-movie this so i came i came to find out about this movie after everybody else as is my my custom and uh it my kids tend to watch things into the ground so i was i got up netflix and i was like we're watching something you've never seen and you're gonna love it and i was like what's this this looks like a fun movie and i turned it on and usually i just kind of like you know sit in the background and not watch the movie but this movie's impossible to do that with uh because it's just like right off the bat a very strange movie also renee zellweger for some reason is like doing so she disguises her voice she plays a human she falls in love with a bee she falls in love with a bee oh my god molly where do i begin where do you begin where do i begin how about the ray Liotta uh branded honey that prompts the hero of bee movie to have a lawsuit against humans for like stealing the profits of honey it's about and you'd love it because it's about capitalism did somebody write this on drugs in like a did weekend? Did Jerry Seinfeld write it on drugs in a weekend? Because he wrote Bee Movie. Wait, he did? Yes, Molly. I kind of always thought it was like the bee version of Ants with a Z. No, it's very different than Ants with a Z. Is it in the A Bug's Life universe? No. 
the thing is, I believe I don't even know if it came after. Is it in it the Shrekiverse? No, it's not. It's it. It is its own self-contained B movie with where the B Barry Benson, Renee Zellweger. Spoilers: Renee Zellweger saves Barry Benson <laughs> from being killed by her boyfriend, who's like a really douchey guy. Barry Benson is not supposed to talk to humans, but feels as though he needs to repay her act of kindness by like introducing himself to her and then making small talk while he's like sitting on her countertop and she's really freaked out. Wait, how does this resolve? I can't, I can't do it. Now I have to make everyone watch B movies. But it's like beauty and the bee. I'm like, can their love ever be? Well, the other thing that's interesting is at one point in the movie, so it's Barry Benson has just graduated from school and at some point during the discussion, because they basically go in the hive and they're assigned their job roles, and he's like, I don't want to be working this job for the rest of my life, like churning out the honey, I don't want to. And there's like a, you know, little like homage to the graduate where he's like floating in the pool of honey and his parents are talking to him, being like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life, Barry? And then he has like a fantasy that involves like a, an exploding plane. Anyway, <laughs> but they they mention the fact that bees only live for like, not long. And so it's so confusing because he's having this relationship with Renee Zellweger and clearly he's just going to die like on their third date or something. But I mean, the courtroom scenes, it's, it's a really, it's a really strange movie and it's so strange that it's good just because it's strange. All right. Tess, Tess Lynch endorsing bee movie. Yes. But anyway, back to real bees, bees were dying off. Then they came back a full year ago. This was all, this all happened. You were like, the bees came back. And I was like, where were they? And you were like, they disappeared. They were dying and wandering around, confused. But now they're back. Which is amazing. Which is awesome. And kind of surprising, because I did not, when you hear something like colony collapse, you're not like, colony is going to come back real strong, necessarily. But it's very encouraging. Bees are bouncing back. Bees are bouncing back. The bees are back in town. The bees are back in town. The bees are back. The bees are back. Bees are back in town. Bees are back in town. Do you have a favorite bug? Um. Well, right now I'm like bees, 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 yeah. bees. Um. Also, when you said the bee expert, my friend told me about a bee expert whose name is A B Man. No. He changed his name so oh, wow. it would come up first under <laughs> under B looking for bees. Yeah. It's A A B Man, and he's the bee expert. Um. I, I do like bees. I love bees. I think they're really cool. I always would, like, rescue them from pools. That's good for you. That was yeah. my, my quest. <laughs> Thank you. I also think spiders are really cool. You know, some big ones. But you're more of the bug, the bug lady. Um, what are the best bugs? I do like a praying mantis for obvious reasons. Uh, but also just they look the most like aliens. Um, ants been back and forth with those guys for sure I saw there was some hanging out out front how do you feel you disrespect it and I live and let live because basically like I think I may have actually already talked about this on the podcast which would be like really embarrassing but after I learned that ants colonize aphids and they farm them and then they have this system where the aphids bring them nectar in exchange for the ants basically like being their bodyguards and location scouts I was like I just can't spray them anymore Wow, you did not say that before because I would have been impressed. That's yeah. really cool. So what happens is if you ever see, if you're in L.A. and you have a citrus tree to examine, um, you might notice what looks like like fuzzy mold. It kind of looks like cotton. And those are aphids. They're like woolly aphids. And you'll see a lot of ants 
next to them. And I assumed that that was a food chain thing, but it's not. The ants aren't eating the aphids. The aphids suck out sap from the tree. Ants go up and tap them with an antenna, which is a signal like, give me, I mean, they're like mafia dons. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And then the, the ants kind of protect them. They like lead them to the best places. They, you know, protect them from other predators. I love interdependent species. It's interesting, right? <laughs> it's so interesting. Uh, I also, this makes me want to recommend, there's a documentary on Netflix right now about Rachel Carson, uh, the nature writer and all around cool, cool lady. Uh, I think it's American Masters, Rachel Carson, and I found it so inspiring. She's most famous for having written Silent Spring, but she kind of started the like 70s environmentalism movement because she was writing a lot about how everything is interdependent and how this idea of like putting man at the center of everything is just insane and also not how anything works. Um, and she tried to write about DCT before anybody wanted to talk about it, about um, just because you invent something doesn't mean you should use it, which uh, is something we think about a lot in terms of tech stuff, that not every idea that people have that's profitable is good for the environment or human beings. But we've really gotten ourselves into a bad predicament with the mosquitoes, I have to say. <laughs> mosquitoes are the deadliest animal. But it's animal. our fault, I'm saying, it in is some our way. Fault. And also, like, if they take over, that's what we deserve. Yikes. A little bit. That's dark. Well, check out the Rachel Carson documentary. I also just found it really inspiring uh, because it's like, she did what she had to do. She knew that the fish were important, and she had to write a book to teach everybody. And her book about fish became, like, really popular because it was, like, post-war, and everybody was, like, <laughs> excited to read a relaxing book about fish. Or maybe it was during the war, and that's why. Anyway, check it out. It's a great documentary. That whole series is good. The Walt Disney one is also amazing, and I recommend it highly. We're going to answer one of Night Call's Great mysteries. The most burning question. The most burning question that we've had. Uh, the ice cream truck ghost mystery from our friend Kate. Kate called us with a night call about how she was getting mysterious calls from an ice cream truck that would say hello. 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 A scary ice cream truck. And she didn't know why. And we heard about it a lot. A lot of people uh, suggested a reply all article episode that uh, implied it was a scam. We were waiting to see if we would ever find out. And now we found out! Tess, would you like to do the honors? I would love to. This comes from Kate. Hey, Night Call. Per your request, I called back and left another message explaining what happened. Here's a backup email in case my call cuts out again. I'm in a rural area. Sometimes service is bad. We're relying on the email because... Oh, right, because also she called back and it got cut off. That's why we were like, oh, we're never going to find out. But now, okay, go on. Okay, okay. (laughs) Back to Kate. The big reveal came as I was leaving New Orleans a few weeks ago. Some friends came over to say goodbye, and when they said, we have something to confess, I realized immediately that they were the ice cream truck ghost. They would call me, number blocked, and hold the phone up to this YouTube video, which she links. I had apparently mentioned to them in passing several months ago that I used to live near an ice cream truck depot in Brooklyn, in Bushwick, off the Morgan L stop. So I would often hear the hello Hello. and the songs from my window. I probably should have placed this together, but instead I spun out an elaborate and terrifying theory in my head. Story of my life! 
Anyway, I'm relieved it was just my friends being goofy. However, I still believe that ice, that ice cream trucks are deeply haunted. Wow. So it was interesting. Yeah, everybody, we got like 15 emails or something um, suggesting we listen to this reply all episode, but there were differences between what Kate had originally described and the scam that they looked into on reply all, which I obviously is such a good podcast and you should listen to. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just her friends punking her. Right. Which is also scary. It is kind of scary, but it's it's funny that you would mention something haunting and then forget it because that's totally something that I could picture. It's also funny. You would forget mentioning that you lived next to an ice cream truck depot. Yeah. That's awesome. Because that's (laughs) hilarious and awesome, but also it makes more sense that way because it's such a specific Brooklyn Everybody in Brooklyn is like, oh, yes, the ice cream truck that goes, hello. Hello. I also am glad that we got an answer. I didn't know we were ever going to get an answer. Yep. You never know. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. It's been a ride. For solving the Zodiac murders. Leggings are so much more than workout clothes. Great leggings are truly a necessity. But that doesn't mean they should cost a fortune. That's why I'm so glad I found Fabletics.com. Fabletics, co-founded by Kate Hudson, is premium activewear at a great value. They make the world's best leggings. That's right, world's best. You get performance, quality, and style for two to three times less than other activewear brands. Fabletics clothes are designed to move with you through your lightest workouts and your most intense. Whether you're lounging in the house or chasing the kids around, they're guaranteed to support you in any activity. Their leggings are available in sizes extra, extra small to 3X and in petite, regular, and tall lengths. I love that they deliver on a performance level so you can get the most out of your workout, but they're so cute you can wear them anywhere. Seriously, from bar to brunch, Fabletics has got you covered. I challenge you to try these and tell me they're not the best. When you visit the site for the first time, you're given a style quiz Then, Fabletics personalizes your shopping experience so your favorite styles rise straight to the top. You can shop as a guest or become a VIP. Spoiler, becoming a VIP is by far the best way to shop. VIPs save 40 to 50% off retail prices and gain access to tons of other exclusive sales and perks. I signed up as a VIP and it's awesome. Fabletics shows me the styles that it knows I'll be interested in. Go on the website, check it out, and decide if you want to buy something. If not, no sweat, just skip the month and pay nothing. Imagine your favorite store was offering you a discount on all merchandise for the rest of your life, and all you had to do was visit the store each month to check out what was new with absolutely no pressure to buy. That's the value you get from a Fabletics VIP membership. I love being a VIP, and you will too. Go to fabletics.com slash call now to get two pairs of their amazing leggings for just $24. Seriously, these are the world's best leggings. They're a $99 value, and you'll get two for only $24 when you join at fabletics.com slash call. That's fabletics.com slash call. Okay, speaking of New York, of the University of New York. Oh, yeah. It's the 20th anniversary of the show Felicity, everyone's favorite sometimes sci-fi college dramedy. Wait, when was it sci-fi? In like the last two episodes. There really? was like a like a time split. They did like alternate worlds of like oh, if she I do remember. If she'd gone with Ben or if she'd picked Noel. Right. Let's just start off with the the heavy hitters. Ben or Noel. Oh. In the end I was a Noel girl. 
What? I know. But that was the thing is that eventually Ben just, Ben had like. Ben was a hot douchebag. He was like the blonde Jordan Catalano a little bit. But Noel was a little bit of a Brian Krakow. He was totally a Brian Krakow. But I like felt. Like you should date him, but you don't want to. Well, also he was her resident advisor. So there's like, he was, he had that kind of like paternalistic thing that I think is kind of gross. But then eventually they kind of moved out of that. And I thought like, he just had a little more like pizzazz than Ben in the end. Yeah, Ben was very like, he is like Jordan Catalano. Right, he's just like a cipher. Well, he's like, yeah, he's hotter before you know anything about him and you can just project like how deep you think he might be on him. Right. And then you talk to him and you're like, oh, maybe not so smart. Yeah. Do you think she should have gone to Stanford? I forget even. That was the setup was like... The setup, I just had to look this up before we started. I was like, how did this start? It also, it was like Felicity, it was like, it's like, porn for college it's like go to college it's so fun and I totally bought into it and then I did and it was yeah you left college I enjoyed college but it also was just like living in a dorm like she had a Wiccan roommate which I had forgotten I mean the most interesting thing about Felicity in the end was that there was the writer on Felicity who was like I'm 19 years old and I, here's my Felicity script. And they're like, you're so great. And she was on all of these lists. And then she was like, actually, I'm 32 and you're very ageist. Who thinks about that story all the time? Oh, who could it be? <laughs> <laughs> who constantly is like, is now the time to do that? Yeah, well, she was four foot 11. And I think that that may have been. She also, I think, was passing off her her husband as her older brother. Okay, that's weird. Right? I mean, there was a very thought-through experiment, but props to her for exposing the fact that as soon as she was like, actually, I'm older than I said, and everyone was like, oh, well, then forget it. They were like, away. well, we only hired you to give us the youth voice. Mm-hmm. And too bad, you got scammed. Yep. Grifted. Grifted. <laughs> um, yeah, but she the show started because she was going to go to Stanford and be pre-med, Right. And, and then, then Ben signs ben her is yearbook. Like, hey, at graduation. I remember thinking that was ridiculous. It's super, but it's also interesting because after settling on college, which feels like such a huge decision, and then being like, you know, ready to go, it it would have been a very exhilarating thing. I think you can easily imagine if you're at that phase in your life, which we were in high school at the time, just being like, oh, all that work that I did and all that decision-making, I'm just going to like flip it over and do something else instead is kind of like an intoxicating thing because then she goes to college and it's as if she were totally unprepared, which obviously you are even if you've spent a long time thinking of what college is because you have no idea until you get there. Um, but yeah, she she decided against Stanford and went to the University of New York. The University of New York. What's the one in SVU? Hudson University? Yeah. But, you know, NYU apparently doesn't mind being mentioned in shows, but with Felicity, they were like, no. No, it's the UNY. The UNY. But, I mean, I guess Dina DeLuca must have let her, let them use their name. A real capsule, 2000s pre-9-11 capsule. Well, what, didn't it span 9-11? I can't remember. Well, it was the 20th anniversary of the debut, which would have been 98, but it went for four seasons. Well, I remember also that it was going to get canceled. And w- did you come to the protest? I went with our friends, uh, Nikki and Annie, and we like skipped skipped class to go to the Save Felicity protest at... The, I think she looks good with her new hair. The Warner Brothers studio. <laughs> How was it? Um, really sad and funny. But what's, what's odd, so it went through until her graduation... 
correct? Uh, and maybe after even we, I mean, this has been making me like, I hadn't thought about the show in a long time. And you were saying, you were like, I don't remember anything about it, but I was like a fervent Oh yeah. Fan. I remember the theme song more than anything. Okay, like la di da. Yes, it was. And they changed it at one point. It was a very haunting, it had like the My So-Called Life theme song. It was very like my so-called life, but in college. Which, feelings, feelings, yeah, feelings. Feelings. And then she like would make the, the recordings to Janine Garofalo. Mm-hmm. It was just like a fantasy about not having to live at home with your parents anymore, which is like very appealing when you're a teenager. You're like, yes, my life is going to begin. Yeah. I mean, I like watching TV shows about New York so much. New York has a really good TV propaganda department. It does. There's so many good shows that take place in New York that make you be like, ooh, that looks fun. But most of my friends who went to college in New York had very mixed feelings about that in the end. I mean, obviously, so when we entered college, that was right before 9-11. Yeah, I think a lot of people who went to college in New York who were freshmen in 2001, there were obviously like a lot of people left because of that. They were like freaked out and left. I think it was like some percentage of the class that year just was like, okay, don't. Well, in a way, I mean, having a TV show about college in New York kind of creates the sense of a campus. You're following just the characters who are on campus. You spend a lot of time in the dorm rooms more than you would maybe if you were actually attending college there. I think a lot of people I know who went to um, NYU, I think in particular, found that it was, you know, maybe they at some point questioned like they were like, the Felicity, idea of a campus. Felicity lied to me. Exactly. Sold you a, a rotten bill of goods. going to be in a love triangle and... J.J. Abrams' first show. I mean, that's also what makes it funny is to be like, that was J.J. Abrams' like entry into the world of entertainment. Do you think J.J. Abrams was shocked that Felicity was like, you you can imagine him like pitching all these things and then they're just like, we'll go with that. I just remember because like I read the Entertainment Weekly like TV preview issue every fall, you know, and that was like the buzziest show, Felicity, like this show about a girl going to college, like everybody wants it. I have not watched any of the Americans at all, but I hear she's good on it, and it seems like everybody turned out well. That's what I saw about the reunion post. Everybody was like, hey, everybody looks hot from this show. Yeah. You know. Here's a little story you might not know about a man who's made of shadow. Oh! (laughs) Hello, women of the night. This is not exactly a ghost story, but one about an encounter my family had with what I recently learned people call a shadow man. When I was around seven years old, I had an experience one night that later I thought I must have dreamt, but didn't. In the middle of the night, my dad, a very low-key gentle man, burst into the room I shared with my sister and told us to get up and go across the hall to my parents' room and wait there with my mom. He got his handgun out of the lockbox he kept on the top shelf Then he had us close the door and wait while he checked every room in the house for what he was sure was a man that had broken in. You see, my parents were both asleep when my dad suddenly awoke to find a figure that had the shape of a man, but no distinguishable features, standing over him with a knife about to plunge it into his chest. He yelled, which woke my mom and sister and I, jumped up and began struggling with the man for the knife. My mom also jumped out of bed and could see my dad struggling with what she said was a figure that looked around the same size as my dad. My dad thought he had a hold of its wrist, but it slipped out of his grip and ran down the hallway towards our living room. That's when he came and got my sister and I. He checked every window and door and every room for the man, but found nothing. My dad has passed away since then, but I recently talked to my mom and sister about that night, now many years ago. 
My parents talked a lot with each other about the incident over the years and always puzzled about it. And it was one of the few things that ever happened to them that challenged their understanding of reality. I found out recently that many people have similar stories and some worry that talking and thinking about them attract and feed their power. Oh, that is such a bad reveal for the end of this email. (laughs) We're not quite done. Sweet dreams. No, she says, I I hope hope they're they're wrong. wrong. So she's not trying to trap us. But yeah, sweet dreams. Thank you for writing, Jennifer. I believe this. That is fascinating. It is. You tell me what you think and then I'll tell you what I think. It sounds kind of like it was maybe a night terror. That's what I thought, too. With sleep paralysis and stuff. That's what I thought also, immediately. I like to be open to the idea that this experience is accurately reflected. At the same time, night terrors and sleep paralysis, like, I could see that, you know, he, he like, springs into action as, like, wrestling with a person, and you wonder, like, and then maybe that just started you know, this chain of events with his wife freaking out and believing that he's actually doing it, but doesn't sound like... Have you seen those paintings that, like, represent night terrors where it's, like, a demon sitting on your chest? You have physical symptoms that are then misinterpreted in your dream? I don't know exactly. I know it's like you, you feel like you can't move, and it's very scary. Have you ever had a night terror? Uh, no, I've had really terrible nightmares, but I've never had a nightmare, a night terror or sleep paralysis. But they're very common in young children. Apparently, like a lot of kids go through um, periods where they'll have night terrors, um, and it it can appear as as dramatic and scary as a seizure. Um, like your your child will just start screaming, screaming, Maybe screaming. Maybe Danny from The Shining was having night terrors. Maybe that's something that uh, The Shining two thirty seven should <laughs> should look into. Um, yeah, that's like a super, super scary shadow man story. Yeah. I was thinking it was going to be more about the hat man. Who's a a ghost whose face you can't see. There's a lot of ghosts whose faces you can't see, which seems like the scariest possible thing. The faceless. Yeah. The idea of like a faceless person. Yeah. Like a person turns around and they have no face. So you're like struggling to make out their face and Mm -hmm. you like can't quite. It's very scary. Well, why do you think it's so scary? Well, I mean, what's interesting here is obviously the the other family member, the mom corroborated the story and then the kids went with it because they just, you are like, yeah, sure. We're freaked out. Yeah. And they, they, they all kind of describe it as just a dark, a dark figure. Yeah. Like a a shadow. shadow. Like a human shadow, a three-dimensional shadow. I mean, a psychiatrist might have like a field day being like, well, that could have been your dad's fear of his dark side. And right, because he had wrestling. The, he had the gun ready to go. Mm-hmm. So he might be paranoid about somebody getting, you know, that's obviously his fear. Every dad's fear that someone will come and attack your family. Yeah. And in The Shining, it's that it might be you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but this sounds... I mean, I, I want to say night terror, but I also feel like... I mean, but that's the interesting thing legend. is he was able to spring out of bed, so it couldn't have been the paralysis. And you would think with a night terror that by the time, you know, he was chasing the man to the living room that he would that the night terror would have ended by then yeah i mean i think anything like that that does undermine your sense of reality then that stays with you for a super long time because you're like oh what if i can't trust my own eyes and experience speaking of not being able to trust your own eyes i got really into this instagram account called celeb face 
and I was telling Tess about it yesterday because it is super night call-y, I think. It's very in the uncanny valley. It's run by somebody who's like 20 or something. They posted about how they were a real person the other day. Accounts like this, too, that have a ton of followers. You're like, oh, right, a one regular person might still be running this account that just does this for free, presumably, although somebody should pay them to do this because it is a skill. They collect uh, celebrity photos and compare the candid photo to the version that the celebrity posts on their Instagram and then show you what they photoshopped. And it's crazy because a lot of people Photoshop things that you would not ever notice. And uh, also a lot of, it's a lot about Instagram personalities who a lot of them have a lot of plastic surgery, but then on top of that, they are Photoshopping the pictures um, to this like super uncanny point. And it's super weird. I mean, Molly showed me a bunch of these pictures and what was I found super interesting about it is the arbitrary choices. Because of course, you know, a lot of the choices make sense in terms of the beauty standards that are being pushed of like, you know, waists are kind of nipped in, legs are tanned, all of that kind of stuff. But then there are just really random choices of like the hair like, you know, it's if, if a woman with long hair is, like, walking down the street, they will, like, take in her hair to almost, like, make her hair thinner. Just things that, that don't make sense that reveal these insecurities yeah. that you would never have thought about in your life. Yeah. Um, Doreen St. Felix was posting yesterday about how everybody has kind of the same plastic surgery face right now. She was like, somebody should profile this. Was that sur- Bella Hadid? Perhaps. Bella Hadid just denied having surgery, although... Um, all of these girls have the same face yeah. Um, because they all go to the same doctors and the face is like this very specific type of nose job that somebody described as looking like a four-leaf clover. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. And you see all of these people that are famous and sort of Instagram famous and a lot of this new crop of models that all have the exact same face. And it is super weird because it makes you question reality. <laughs> I noticed that with microblading, it which yeah. I am fascinated by. I didn't know what it was until yes. like a f- like a few weeks ago. Oh, I could have talked with you about this month. Did I tell you what I thought it was? Yes. I thought it was like somebody, well, you say what it is. It's like threading in little tiny hairs to people's eyebrows it's to make them thicker. It's tattooing your eyebrows yeah. with a semi-permanent tattoo that each individual eyebrow hair is tattooed on and it creates the look of a very full, very bold brow. And everybody has that. Well, it's much like when you first notice, for instance, when men start dyeing their hair like black, when they start going gray and then they start dyeing their hair black and they're not very good at it yet. Like that first time that you notice, you're like, oh, he's dying is because you see on the side, you're like, I see it. And then you can't unsee it. The microblading is the exact same thing where you're like, wow, look at those eyebrows. And then you're like, well, I see them everywhere. And they're all the same eyebrow. They're these like extremely thick eyebrows, but it's creating this, this new, I mean, it just kind of, yeah, it's like I a mean, link between faces. I didn't realize cause I, cause I thought it was just makeup because that also came in to just like do the really thick, like the dip paint, you know, put a lot of product or powder or whatever on the brows to make them really thick. Uh, but I didn't realize what microblading was. I thought it was like when like vanilla ice like 
shaved off half his eyebrow. <laughs> that's what I thought it was. Yeah, that's micro raising. That's what I was yeah. like blading. It's yeah. like you bl- you chop. I don't know. I thought they like took it off and then like were like threading or something. I mean, I, I should have looked into this more, but I think it's that they use a very small blade to like achieve the look of the hair. Um, it has become so normal and I'm so naive that when I looked at Celeb Face and some of these people, when you see the before shots and you're just like, blah. And some of them are really young also, which is super freaky because you're like, your face is still changing. Like, yeah. who even knows if you'll grow into the nose? Then, like, your new small nose will look weird in comparison to your, like, real adult face. Uh, everybody has lip injections. <laughs> uh, and everybody photoshops their waist really small, um, which is, like, a thing you would never notice except then when you see it in, like, a hundred consecutive photographs of, like, Victoria's Secret models and they all do it. You're just like... This is crazy because, like, things have kind of spiraled out of control a little bit, it feels yep. like. Um, and in a way, I found Celeb Face, like, comforting because I was like, wow, even these, like, incredibly hot people whose job it is to be hot professionally are so insecure that they Photoshop, like, their elbow smaller. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it also be sad because you're kind of rewriting your own history? And I think what's really interesting being our age and not having a digital archive of what we looked like we have like printed photos and we can scan them or whatever but there was no way for your average 20 year old whatever to like do a good photo sh- we couldn't facetune ourselves and we weren't I was posting talking so about much this because you had like a spring break uh photo album that we were looking through Shh. that no one will ever see <laughs> But it's amazing. It was a disposable camera, and I also had my Canon. Tess is the real spring breakers. She did some spring break. She went to Florida on spring break in Twice. college, living living the Felicity lifestyle. Um, but yeah, your photos are all candid's because they were like pre digital photography, so they were like just whatever you got, you got, and you didn't know how to pose really because. You know, you there was no way to like instantly review. Right. I mean, you could later with like digital cameras, obviously look and review, but there the like selfie was hard. No, to I achieve. now find it like because that's the thing. It's like we didn't like learn how to take selfies until we were adults, uh, and it's it's kind of like charming to me when I look at those spring break photos. Like a lot of them are just like wildly unflattering and funny, and like you know catching people with like. Their like their weirdest face because you're just like gotta capture this moment and also I'm drunk on spring break in Florida pictures pictures and then yeah. you just like print them and you're like oh, like these are funny oh, these that's the thing is you're just like even in like candid photos that people post now they're still like the cutest of the a hundred candid photos you took you know as opposed to like the one photo you got of right. that day that everybody looks stupid but then you see it and you're like oh I remember that day that was fun it's a way better well it's also a better trigger because yeah I mean it's untouched and and you weren't thinking about the photo when I realized this when I was learning how to take selfies and stuff and I was like oh being like like femininity is just pretending like there's a camera on you all the time and like everyone I've ever known who was good at it is like also good at taking pictures because you just like are always like as though someone might take a picture and like you know posing yourself in that way and I was like, that is exhausting. Yep. You know, if you're an actor and you're delivering things to camera, it can be really difficult. And one of the ways that sometimes you're taught to loosen up is to pretend that the camera is a person you're in love with. What? It's pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so when people 
or like make love to the camera. That's exactly. What they that's mean. what they mean. I mean, it's to be able to look into a lens and to trust the lens as you would trust a human you love means that you kind of lose the self-consciousness because you assume it loves you back. Right. You know, you can tell it's like, it's interesting. Cause like, I don't, I have enough of an opinion where I'm like, that's a good model. Like yep. that's a bad model. Like that model looks like they're looking at you and that model looks like they're like dead in the eyes. <laughs> and that's the difference between a good model and a bad one. Um, but especially with all the models now, it is so weird because they do all have the same face. The ones that have that makeover all come out kind of looking the same. And it does make you start to really just be like, oh, like real faces are so nice. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a picture of Cindy Crawford on somebody's, uh, some photographer's Instagram that I follow, but it was like an outtake where she just looked kind of goofy, you know? And I was like, oh my God, even Cindy Crawford is just like a regular person. You know, magazines have always been photoshopped. Like, I remember the first time I saw, like, celebrity Holly, you know, saw, like, what an unretouched photo of Betty Davis looked like versus, like, what the Harrell portrait that they put out that's, like, you know, airbrushed to the gods. Yep. Um, Racked ran a really interesting um, series of essays a couple weeks ago, and one of them dealt with how, um, like, Dove and the campaigns that, that kind of were all about embracing your real beauty and, and not, you know, they, they kind of showed some behind the scenes, like we don't Photoshop, you know, Photoshopping's evil instead of doing something positive instead kind of shifted the onus in the end to women who didn't feel like they were beautiful enough as if they should feel guilty for that. Well, they're also still being like, we're going to make you insecure in some way. So you'll buy our thing. The Dove campaign, I think two of them that were called out in the essay on rack that I read, one of them was the one where a woman um, had to choose which door to walk through the like beautiful or average door to reflect how they felt about themselves. And another one where they, that you know, sounds they had their like a black drawn. mirror for sure. Yes, it does. And also, you know, as was pointed out, average does not mean hideous no that's what they were saying I, I saw some of that stuff too where they were just saying like then it's like it's you're bad if you can't love yourself exactly but then if you think about I mean for instance if you're not able to shop at, at stores that don't cater to your size and then are being told that you should be able to wear whatever you want and it's your fault if you're not confident enough to wear them and confidence is beauty but they're not available to you yeah you know i mean so it's it kind of exposes this weird double standard where you're damned well, it's if you just do. like all the like like empowerment feminism like capitalism is still bullshit because exactly. it's still like you need this thing to be happy you and know the idea that a brand is looking out for your mental yeah, health yeah a is brand a little... brands don't fucking care um but Slub Face also, I was just like, yeah, I was like, oh, like, even the really beautiful people who are professionally beautiful, like, nobody thinks they're hot. And if someone, like, does think they're hot, we, like, everyone thinks they're, like, a psycho, yep. you know? <laughs> like, you can't win. Nope. So don't play the game. That's what we say. <laughs> Good pod, Molly. Good pod. Good pod. Um, hope you enjoyed this tour through the bee-filled... The bee-bag. The bee-bag. <laughs> filled fields of our mind. So yes, Emily, by the way, is off getting married. So if you would like to call and wish her well and yes. send your congratulations, please give us a call at 24046-NIGHT and we may play some of these and uh, shout out Emily's nuptials for as long as she is gone. She is gone for the wedding and the honeymoon. Um, if you also want to talk about anything else. Yeah, shadow men, 
shadow men, your love problems, bugs, bees, kind of anything. Felicity, your feelings about Felicity or Dawson's Creek or the whole WB block of the Oh, the 90s. dubs. The dubs. Um, you can email us again at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please follow us on social. We are nightcallpod on Twitter, nightcallpodcast on Instagram, nightcallpodcast on Facebook. The Facebook is a very intimate group right now. Facebook is intimate. Join the Facebook and guess which one of us runs it. They've already guessed. (laughs) They already know. And again, if you're enjoying the pod, please consider um, rating, rating, ranking, reviewing, reviewing, subscribing, giving a call. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.